0: All right, everybody, let's go ahead and get started. Father, we thank you so much for this time you've given us for us to get into your word, to better understand what it means um, to be your children, to be your followers, to be your disciples, um, to be people that can flip this world upside down uh, for your glory. So, Father, as we navigate this point, this topic, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we'll better understand what it means to be available, what it means to be useful what it means to be close enough for you to see uh, that we can do the purpose that you've called us to. And with that being said, we come against every demonic spirit, everything that may be worn against myself. These young people, I cover my family, I cover my properties, I cover everything as I engage uh, in the word of God. And Father, I thank you so much for that being evident in my life. And these for the young people that will be able to walk uh, freely in you. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. Um, for those who are new, a lot of you all new. Um, What we're going to do is probably next week because I forgot to bring the flashcards, but I want to I want to start teaching topics that are tailored to you. Um, And I think I've uh, received that liberty uh, from the Holy Spirit to do that so that we'll be able to hear. So I already got two topics so far. But what I'll do is uh, next week, if I'm here, I think I'll be here next week. We'll 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 kind of take notes and kind of see what do you guys need to hear, because I don't want to just assume nor do I want to be out of tune with the Holy Spirit to make sure that we serve your need. Um, And so today's topic, we're going to be talking about or posing the question, are you too busy for God? Are you too busy for God? A student came to me and and asked me if we could talk about what it means to be used by him. Um, But I got a quick question. What are some of the things that are useful to you? Something that you like, man. This is my go to. This my go to pen. This my go to device. This this is something that's very useful to me. Yes, sir. I would say for some people, like basketball, they just like that's their hobby. Their sport. Their tool of sport. Right. Anybody else? What is something that you like, man? I gotta have that thing close because it's so useful to me. Your phone. Your phone. And why is your phone so useful? <laughs> <laughs> you look at it. I mean, it's so useful that it's, it's being used at the moment. Yeah. yeah it, I mean, it's just there. It's just there. It's like a escape. From reality. <laughs> it's an escape from reality. One other person. What is something that's very useful to you that you you have to keep it close because of its usefulness? Anybody else? Music. And why is music useful to you? Help you be clear thoughts. So all of us keep the most useful things closest to another question I have. Um, who all has a favorite pen? Yo, I mean, your pen, can anyone tell me the name of the pen and what, what kind of pen you like? You might not know the name, but we, our favorite pens, my favorite pens have the real sharp points to them. I like something that, you, that, can, that can curve with me, you know what I'm saying? That can get the sharp points if I need to. The one that can get the signature looking right if I needed to. I don't want nothing that's just going to uh, drag. I need, all, I need the ink present, right? Now, all of us have a favorite useful pen, but is that pen useful if it's lost? So if you need to use a pen right away and you only have 30 seconds to use that pen, are you going to waste that 30 seconds looking for your favorite pen? Or are you going to use that ballpoint that, that dollar store pen that's available. Which one are you going to use? Uh, it's so weird. But you, so you're
1: hey, you, I'm listening. Go Yes, pen,
0: if you have a, like, a favorite pen, it's cool. But the pen is on the history. I mean, so Do all pens typically write? Yes. Yeah. But it's like. Mm-hmm. You went so deep. I was just trying to keep it. <laughs> I'll try to, to, to keep it up here. I went trying to, but that was good. Good point. What I'm trying to say is this, is that there are a lot of talented people in this world, a lot of talented youth in this room. But if God needs you at the moment and you're not close, you're not going to be used. That's something to think about. Am I available now? Uh, All of us have that friend that if we call them, they're available. Even if they're busy, even if they're doing something, you call them. We won't even get to ring three. About ring one and a half. You good? You all right? How many of us got that person? We have that person that we can call, right? It could be our mama. It could be our dad. It could be a coach. It could be whomever. But all of us have that person that at the split of a dime, that if I call them, they're available, Right? The thing about God is that God is looking for people that are useful. Now, usefulness doesn't always indicate the most talented. Useful doesn't always indicate the tallest, the brightest, the smartest. Right, right now, people deem Michael Jordan, LeBron James, one of the greatest players of all time. But do you know there, were, there are people who are greater than them but didn't have the discipline of them? there were people who jumped higher than Michael, was more talented than Michael, had more court, better court vision than LeBron. But because they were not useful, they got into drugs, they got into women, they got into alcohol, and we'll never know their name. And how many people in this room right now are talented, and God is looking in his pocket and looking at his desk and saying, Hey, can I use her? Can I use him? But they're not there. Many of us are too busy. What's the acronym for busy? Has anyone ever heard that before? Mm-hmm. It's being under Satan's joke. What's the biggest difference between being busy and being productive? Mm-hmm. Yes. Productive is progress. Mm. Busy is just... Looking like it. You. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> sorry. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, same thing. So, productiveness is I am producing something. Who, who, who um, any musicians, any producers... Uh, any people that want to be in the music industry, the movie industry, that, that, that under the tags, you might not even be an actress or an actor, but under, product, under producer, your name pops up. Anybody want to be that when they grow up? I know Drew in the music. Anybody want to be a producer of sorts? Or, or people who create something, uh, people who build blueprints for architecture? Like, like those people, they produce something even though they may not be the one scene. Busy people look like they're doing something but doing nothing. And so when God looks at your life, is he looking at a person who can produce something? Someone that can I, I can, I can download an idea in them and they will produce it within the right time frame. See, that's who God is looking for. God is looking for people who can produce a marriage but, or who are not focused on producing just relationships. Like, like he's looking for people that can produce kingdom advancing ideas. People who can produce businesses for God, ministries for God. He's looking for producers. Not people who just do things just to be doing them. And so I have a couple of definitions I want to go through because I really want us to really think about, am I useful to God? Am I available? Now, availability by definition, and and Pastor Marlon said this morning that the best ability is what? Availability. Like you got a lot of people who are very talented, very skilled, very smart, very bright. And you would assume that God will use them over you. And that's why the thing about God, God is not in a talent agency. God's not looking for people who are the most talented. He's looking for the people who are the most available. Do you think David looked qualified? Do you think that Samson looked qualified? Mm-hmm. People assume that Samson, because people who who well, I don't want to raise your hand, but so many people think assume that Samson was six foot eight, three hundred and eighty pounds. Every time they went by Samson's cave, Samson was lifting 845s over here, 845. They thought he was dead lifting. They they thought Samson, right? People in that era would have assumed that Samson's strength came from his what? Muscles. So obviously Samson didn't look the part but was qualified for the part. John the Baptist wasn't as uh, adorned like the Pharisees. He didn't have the Gucci or the Louis on. He didn't have the linen jackets on. He didn't, he didn't have whatever the, the, the uh, uh, designer clothes of that day. What'd that man wear? Huh? Yes, was just, he, was just, he was out here, you know what I'm saying? He, he just got what he got, right? Ate locusts and honey. But thousands upon thousands of people left their towns to go hear a man. David probably was 5'9 and, and, and was smelling like sheep dung and, and had been in the field all day. You know, when, Dave, when David came in the house, what did his dad say? Man, you smell like outside. <laughs> because that's where David was, outside, right? And so David didn't even, he wasn't even invited to his king's ordination. He wasn't even invited to it. So there's a lot of people throughout the Bible who didn't look qualified, but was very qualified. Moses. Lord, God, who should who should I say sent me or, or oh, you want to use me? I stutter. God loves people with obvious deficiencies, because if you have all the degrees and you have all of the money and you have all of the accolades, people will tend to give the glory to the what? The person. But if you are a person that says, God, here am I. I'm available I'll play like, for instance, when I play 515, man, I ain't going to go down that road. (laughs) We'll just come back. (laughs) It wasn't going to hit us. was Available by definition is this. Present or ready for immediate use. God is not looking for Mr. and Mrs. Eventually's. He's looking for Mr. and Mrs. Immediately's. People at a drop of a dime. Boom. I'm out. I'm here. A person that's ready to go. A person that says, I'm here for immediate use. I'm available. have a question for you. What are some things, um, or let me ask you this question first. Why are people too busy for God? Before I break down the rest of the definition. Why do you believe most people or a lot of people are too, quote unquote, busy for God? Yes. It depends on your priority list. Priorities. You want to expound oh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, I was waiting. <laughs> got you. So typically, you know, we as humans, we like to uh, we hear people say, "Well, you know, God first, and then everything else under it." But in reality, it's actually like family or your career first, or making bank first, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Well, I just weave God in there somewhere." You know, like, "Oh, we're all glory to God," but like, bro's not the forefront of your life. That's um, real. So it's your priority list. You just got to think about. Where do you put your things first? So if God's like, hey yo, I need you to just chill today, and you're like, nah, I, I got work. Yeah. Where you gonna go? That's real. Yes. Kinda mean, like what she's saying, but more at the root of it, it's really a prime issue. If you really think about it, because like for you to sit there and be like, oh, I have to do this and I have to do that, and like if I don't go to work, then I don't eat, which is true, and all. Like, maybe God might want you to go into work that day to maybe protect you from harm or to maybe prove a point to you that he is your provider, you know? Like, who's to say, like, oh, well, if you don't go into work today, God might have somebody just randomly come to your door and knock on it. Like, here's $1,000. But you're missing it because you're your own provider. You need to go help your mm. family. And then, in turn, you're basically putting yourself in the place of God in their life as well. I see that happen too many times. Yeah, for real. So, for sure. So we got Priority. We got pride, can I get it one more, one other person? What yes, go ahead, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I would say that you know if we have like a relationship with God, I mean the more you tap into him, the more that he's gonna like start deleting stuff away. And I believe that some of us doesn't want that to happen, so we want to hold day mm. and we can't do that. Anymore. Good, those three are very good points. We're gonna start with the first one. The first one was priority. All of us hurt people or have hurt ourselves. Say that God's number one. If we're truly honest, he's not even in our top 10. He's not in the AP top 25 poll. He's not even in the Sweet 16, uh, Charlotte Sweet 16. He's not even in the Phenom top 20. He's not in that in our lives. He's not. If we're honest, because our time, our energy, our effort all proves what's number one, two, three, and four god doesn't even just want to be number one because if he's not in everyone he's not really number one so if god is not in everything of your top 10 he's really not number one to you god just doesn't want to be number one in your life he wants to be number one in every one of the things in your life meaning he has to be not just number one overall he has to be number one in my marriage. Number one, in my parenting, number one, in my preaching, whatever it is that's on the list, family, whatever it is on the list, he has to. The reason why God is flipped out is because we don't really want to invite him in. Priority is important. Like when, the first thing you do when you wake up really reveals how much you care. Also, how much time you give God. I said this in my ninth grade class. I said this. I said um, how can we expect to win against spiritual attacks if we only feed our spirit man snacks? Imagine if you only fed your body one meal a week. Would you survive? Would you think clearly? Would you average 15 on a team? Would you be able to get rebounds? Would you be able to get that project done? Like, if you only fed your body one meal. Now, our body is only the bottom percentage of our overall being. Our ultimate beings our spirit man. Now, how many of us had at least two meals today? Everybody, it's Sunday, so a lot of y'all probably ate good. Who all ate good today? I mean, you took a you, you the itis hit you this morning, this evening. A lot of us, the itis hit me. I was out for how many hours? Two hours. I was about two and a half hours gone. Whole other world. <laughs> I was I, man. What was I dreaming about, man? I had a, okay. I'll talk. Man, okay. What I'm saying is, we all had a good meal. Now. Let me ask you, has your spirit man had fine dining this week? Has your spirit man even been full this week? Has your spirit man even got his a, a, three meals for the day? Like, how can we navigate a spiritual world? See, the issue is many of us have been taught or have been shown the natural world only. All we know is the natural world. As soon as you, as soon as you was born... Uh, You grew up. Everything was about food, sleep, fun, going outside, turning flips, whatever it is. Then you got a little bit over. Everything was about relationships and labor got along. Everything about money. So all we know is the physical world. We don't know the top five scriptures and how to use them as a weapon against them. We don't we don't know how to engage the spiritual world. But if God is not number one and he doesn't get most of the time, then how can we win? Number two was what? Pride. Yo, we kind of pay piggyback on both of y'all's. Like, we're arrogant. Not praying is a sign of arrogance. When we don't pray, when we don't talk to God, we are arrogant. One thing that I wrote here is that if God tells you not to do something, you have to do it immediately or not do it immediately. Why? Like she said, everyone on 9-11, everyone, wherever, whoever had died, got shot or whatever, God always warned them. And I've said this before, but for new people, can someone elaborate on why God has to warn everyone before they die? Why does he have to? So we, give excuses. So we won't give an excuse. What else? To pick it, that's, that's one half. I think that might be the four. So you get a chance. To get it. Get a chance. Wow. Three is so that no one can stand before him like, fam, you didn't tell me. <laughs> if God. In order for God to be the ultimate judge, he has to have no evidence against him. In order for him, I want you to catch that. In order for him to be the ultimate judge, he has to have no evidence against his judgment. So if he says you're going to hell, there's no, there's no, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, like you may fake it, you may act crazy. Like, and You know most people are not going to cry when it's time for them to go to hell. Most people are going to cuss God out. Most people, their anger, their arrogance, their 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 preachers are going to cuss God out because, you know, hell is going to be. There's probably going to be more preachers in hell to a degree than there are going to be preachers in heaven. We talking about modern day preachers like like there's going to be a lot of them in hell than they are. Like 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 that's why I do what I do, how I do it, because I don't got time to be judged in a way I don't want to be judged. That's why I got to rightly divide the word of truth. That's why I got to be obedient. That's why I got to teach this word right. Because I'm going to be judged way more than y'all going to be judged. Y'all's judgment going to be cakewalk. Oh, man. Okay, I'm here. Mine's going to be like, dang. It's been going 40 minutes now. <laughs> why do you remember what I'm not saying he's going to be that elaborate. I don't know what my judgment's going to look like. But I know my judgment's going to be heaviest. It may not be the longest, but it may be the heaviest because of my responsibility. And could that be why people avoid certain things? I don't think people are afraid of failure. I think people are afraid of success. People will say, oh, I don't want to do it, but deep down, they're afraid of the responsibilities of success. That's why when I, when my daughter was born, holding my wife's hand, nervous, People don't know that I was five weeks in the hospital. Didn't know if I was going to lose my wife or lose my daughter or lose both of them. And the doctors, what's crazy about doctors, I'm sitting there like looking at my phone. I'm like, man, how long is this delivery going to be, right? And, then, and I'm listening to the doctors. They're cracking jokes. I said, thank you for the jokes. I'm like, doctors, really? Because the jokes make me feel like, oh, okay, this ain't as serious. It's serious, but they making me feel. But either way, back to what I'm trying to get to. When she was born and they willed her to the NICU, I looked in that little cage that she was in. I said, "What man would leave their child? What man would leave flesh of a flesh, bone of a bone, blood of a blood?" And then I realized when the expenses came through, this is why they leave them. <laughs> yep, yep. I see why grown men leave their kids. <laughs> Baby, y'all see I don't got no snacks, right? A lady said she was going to do the snacks for me, cause of, but she ain't brought no snacks through. Blame it on Hannah. She eating your snacks. That money going to her and all that good stuff. Anyway, snacks come back soon because we're doing pretty good now, but y'all got to talk to my wife about that. If I, anyway, but what I'm saying is the reason why people are afraid or men are afraid to be fathers, they don't mind having sex, but they do mind taking care of what's next. They care about that because now I have to... I've counseled so many people who got decent dads, and do you know what they said to me? They said things like, oh, "He wasn't there for me emotionally," or "He wasn't there. He provided financially." Good. That that man. I learned so much from people who tell me about their fathers. I'm like, man, I don't want my children because I didn't give them what they needed to go to a man that needs them. What I'm trying to say is this, is that we have to make sure we prioritize God where he needs to be. We got to make sure that we're not arrogant and proud that we can do these things on our own. And number three, we got to make sure. What was yours, Cheston? Um, something about not letting go. Stuff that you're like, you just, you know, you just keep going and you don't want to die to. It. Like, oh, cause for instance, <clears throat> you know why we, you know that girl, you know, you trying to shoot your shot at that young man that you position yourself as a gold who be shot at. <laughs> you know how girls make themselves available to get be shot at? I'm like, where does gold come from? I didn't know this was a gym. You know what I'm saying? I ain't know we shooting today. I ain't know this was practice. I didn't know, you know what I'm saying? So she's like, "Man, I'm like, oh, that's a gold, right?" But how many of us been in a position where y- you and a guy, you and a girl feeling each other. Y'all like each other. But the Holy Spirit tells you, no, that ain't the one. He may not say, no, not the one, but you got this little cringe feeling in your stomach. But you ignored it anyway. Or you've been in the position where God is telling you to leave that person. But you know for a fact that I can't spend time with God because God may tell me to get rid of somebody I don't want to get rid of. But God is looking for people who will do things immediately. When Jesus was choosing his disciples, the Bible says when he went to Peter, what did Peter do with his nets? The Bible says he what? Immediately threw his nets. <laughs> when he went to uh, uh, the sons of Zebedee, Zebedee, their dad was in the boat, probably 70 years old, rocking, oh son, you got you a fish? Go oh, yeah! Dad was in the boat. Jesus come along and said, y'all two, we out. They left their nets immediately and left their dad Zebedee. <laughs> Zebra, like, who gonna help me out this boat? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, but what I'm saying is they immediately dropped their nets, left their dad, followed him. What is keeping you from following him? Can you drop her right now to follow him? Can you drop him right now and, family, and follow him? Could you drop the traditions of your family and the uh, uh, opinions of your family and follow him? Like, Like, do you know how crazy it must have been to be a fisherman and now you're fishing for men? Like, that's what I love about God. Like, people don't understand that before God asked Peter to follow him, he paid for Peter's debts. The Bible says Peter was out there fishing. Was it Peter? Peter, yeah, Peter. Peter, yeah, Peter. He was out there fishing all night to the point the way it got morning. The boat he said, fellas, he's like, We're done. We're going to shore. And then while Peter was going to shore, Jesus was doing what? Teaching some people. Jesus said, Oh, here's my stage. Peter, me, can I borrow your boat? Let me use your boat. He uses the boat, teaches a powerful message. And then if you all saw chosen, it kind of showed a, a great imagery of that. He was like, Now I gotta to tend to some other business. He told Peter, Man, drop your nets again. He was like, Man, this preacher. Telling me to do what I know I'm supposed to do (laughs) like, 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 okay, but at your word, I'll drop the nets. And what happened to Peter and his nets? Fish, fish filled the boat to the point we had to call his other boats. So what am I saying? If God calls you to follow him, he will fill the areas that you thought was empty. That relationship, that need for love, that need he'll feel was empty. Like, you've been toiling all day to, be, to get attentions from guys. You've been toiling all day to shoot your shot at her. You've been toiling all day worrying about what college to go to. You've been toiling all day worrying if you're going to get an offer. You've been toiling. And he says, man, just put your nets down when I tell you. But when I, tell, when I fulfill this for you, will you follow me? I think the reason why many of us do not follow him is because of what we have to leave. And if you can't leave, you can't succeed. If you can't say, God, you're number one, I'm available, immediately we out. What happens when uh, Kaba gets the rebound, Miles? What do you do? He gets the rebound, you take off. Uh, uh, Abubakar gets the rebound. What, what are you going to do, uh, Panos? As soon as he get the rebound, where are you going? You out. That's the same mentality we got to have for God because as soon as life turns from defense to offense— you got to position yourself to score. And so when we understand that philosophy, the ideology, we'll say, soon as God says go, we out. I don't got time, <laughs> especially all those dunkers in the room. Y'all, y'all go out because y'all trying to dunk. Y'all trying to catch bodies. Am I right or wrong? Y'all get out because if I get that one dribble ahead of that guy, <laughs> and it, it's showtime, right? So when God says, hey, I've rebounded this situation for you, I caught this off the glass for you. I'm the one holding it down in the paint. When I get this ball, just go immediately. Availability Available by definition is present or ready for immediate use. Free and able to do something at a particular time. Do you know, I heard a preacher say the other day, he was like, wisdom is looking for you. And what he was talking about was, like, wisdom is not necessarily... Someone who's smart. Wisdom is not someone who accumulates knowledge. Wisdom is someone who is skilled. A wise person is one who's skilled at whatever they do. They're wise. If I didn't write those books at 19, the time frame that I'm spending right now would not have the fruits of my labor. Now, what am I saying? God is saying, why has it taken you so long to get to that idea I told you to invest time in? Why is it taking too long for you to start that business, to write that book, to start that ministry, to start that shelter, to to do this? Like, like there's a certain time frame. There's souls connected to what I do. Like, like if I don't maximize my time and reverence him, then I will lose that time. So available says, I understand time and I'm free for you, God. Next definition is qualified or willing to do something or to assume a responsibility. So basically what I want you to think about is this, and I'm done in about two minutes or so, is that are you useful? Yes, there's better pens out there than you. There's better preachers than me, better teachers than me, but they're not as close to God as I am. I don't care about who's the best. I care about who am I the closest. So when God says, Josh, write this book, boom, yep, we too. We had it. I was waiting for you. When when. That's the game of, the, of life. It's saying, I'm going to be as close to God as possible just in case. And that doesn't mean you got to be perfect. That doesn't mean you got to have all the money. It don't mean you have to be the most skilled. But when you are in deep fellowship with God, you have favor. I'm telling you, man, I, I'm so glad that me and God are close because I get his favor. How many this week felt God's favor? You're like, man, I didn't deserve that, but man, that came through. Those at college, oh, 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 all hands up, hands up, hands are up. <laughs> People felt the favor. Did you pay for it? Did you have to ask God, oh God, I'll pay you back. Did God say, hey, yo, man, I need that back next week? <laughs> I'm God... right, sorry. God ain't the one saying, hey, yo, I need that back next week. Favor is worth more than money. And so when you're close to God and you love God, and you do have ability. I ain't saying you, you don't have no ability. You got to be able to. God ain't going to tell you to pick up nothing if you got no arms. You know what I'm saying? Like, but what I'm saying is, while you're close, develop something. So that when God says, hey, I'm ready to use you, I have some ability. I might not have the best ability. I may not have the top tierest ability. But my ability is going to be anointed. My ability is going to be drenched. And so think about this today, because right now, if you're not available to be used by God, then you are being abused by something. If you are not available to be used by God, then you're probably being abused by someone else. For instance, it is better to be single and useful than to be in a relationship being abused. Now, people think abuse is like, you know, sexual abuse, physical abuse. No. No. Not doing what you're supposed to do is abuse. Abuse, by definition, is AB, which is abnormal use. When you are not being useful or used, you are being abused. So when a girl doesn't know her proper use, she will be abused by a man. Well, I wish I would lay a hand on my wife. <laughs> I'm going to be the one den it up. <coughs> My wife, man, you, especially when you got thin women, bro. Like you, you just can't just grab them. You know what I'm saying? Like one thing, like that girl. So that girl, so she might stab me. <laughs> like, I, so what am I saying? First off, boy, I'm going, I'm going all crazy right now. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that, man, what am I saying? If I do not honor, if. By my wife knowing her proper use, she'll never open herself up to be abused. What am I saying to y'all? If you don't know what your use is, if you don't know what your purpose is, if you're not available to be used by God, somebody's going to abuse you. How many people right now sold their souls to industries, being abused by those industries, and now they're blood bonded to a satanic cult? So many people. Best singers, man. Like man, one of the greatest singers of all time, Whitney Houston. Man, like, like, man, bro. Like, like Michael Jackson. All these people. Like all these people that got killed was trying to get out of something they already was blood into. And so, imagine if people say, "God, I trust you." But the thing about the devil is, he'll see your use. Oh, he's good at what he do. She's good at what she do. But they're desperate. The devil goes to talented, desperate people. God goes to people who are willing to be dependent on him. Because right now, you're going to see a lot of people go ahead of you. Just because they're ahead of you doesn't mean they're ahead of you. You single right now, you look looking at everybody in you're like, oh, they're ahead of me. They're not ahead of you. They're actually behind you. You got people right now pursuing wrong degrees, and you're not even in college, and you're like, they're ahead of me because they look good. No, they're actually behind you. Because it's better to be where you're supposed to be and everybody assume that you last. But what does the Bible say? The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. What is that principle saying? I'm done. Why did do the first end up last, and why do the last end up first? Because they take life as a marathon instead so... of a sprint. Dang, Drew. All right. We're going to take that. <laughs> but let me, let me add to that the last becomes first, or the first becomes last because the first got there first, they rushed. You ever seen a person who uh, or people, they rushed for something and you got there late, but the, the, the cafeteria said, baby, I had, I had extra in the back for you. Oh, yes, it That's why I love the last mentality. <laughs> Listen, I love the last mentality. I don't care if you get your plate before me, if I know the cook. If I know the chef, I don't mind being last because the chef always have something in the back burner. But those who go first are the thirstiest, are the hungriest, are the most desperate and they end up last. give you an example. People who rush into a relationship, right, and they get married. You ever, been, you ever seen people, and I'm not talking about our parents because our parents, they I don't know, they, their relationship, some of them were anointed to see me know each other for two weeks and then be married for 40 years. That's, those are anomalies. Those are not everyday stories, right? But we've all seen people, aunties, parents, whatever, they rush into a relationship divorce in three then you got people that took five years got to know the person and be married for 50 those who are last see the mistake of those who first we've all seen the youngest brother always be the most successful LaMelo ball is the what of his family the youngest the youngest always have to play against their brothers The brothers make the younger one better. The younger will watch, oh, I see how they made a mistake. And now they make the adjustments to actually be now first. And so what am I saying? Assess how far you are away from God, because one step away from God is too far. Any thoughts, comments, questions? Everybody's good? All right, we're done for today.